0: Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. In this HR Chat, we're going to attempt to offer a bit of a glimpse into what it takes to stop the rot and revive your company culture. Hi, this is Bill Bannerman. I'm your host today. Instead of fostering a workplace that magnifies human frailties, Listen to today's guest who says that she can help you discover the strategies and practices to address your team's emotional needs and unlock their true potential. My awesome guest this time is Melanie Pump, a CFO with a passion for driving cultural change within organizations. She's also the author of the best selling book, Detox. And Melanie says that she wrote Detox to help leaders and employees everywhere learn how to truly thrive. Melanie is part of the team at Brain Capital, an independent partner for digital asset custody. Particularly attuned to the critical effects of a toxic environment, Melanie spent more than 20 years of progressive corporate experience studying the impact leaders and workplace cultures have on employee security and their performance. So listen and learn how to create a healthier, more secure environment for your employees in today's show. Hey Melanie, it's my pleasure to welcome you to today's show.
1: Hey Bill, thanks so much for having me.
0: So beyond my reintroduction there, Melanie, why don't you start by introducing yourself to our listeners?
1: Definitely, Yeah, Well, it was a great introduction, so thank you for that. Um, to add a little more color, you know, as you mentioned, I've I've been in the corporate world for about twenty years, but I actually started that out um, at the receptionist desk. So I started, you know, entry level and and moved my way up. So that that really does lend itself to to the observations that I've had. I, I saw each level of the organization and and the power and the the detriment if if. Uh, organization was not healthy. So it's through those 20 years of experience that, that I gained the insight to write this book, Detox.
0: Maybe you can share how HR leaders can identify potentially toxic practices or maybe attitudes in the workplace. And as part of that answer, what, what tools and tactics can they use to assess the real culture on, on the shop floor
1: so this really is about you know the the power the power of observation. Like there isn't necessarily, I would say, a tool out there that can help us really get a get a read on it. Um, there are engagement surveys which which are useful, but there still are employees who can be a bit fearful of being open and honest in in those types of surveys. So I really recommend that that HR leaders ensure they get out into the organization and observe um, what's happening in the interaction in, in the employees. Um, some of the things that, that you're you're looking out for is is um, Behaviors like defensiveness, uh, if people are avoiding social situations, for example, I've been in organizations that, that weren't healthy and, and whenever there were social events, it was really hard to get employees to go to those events. Signs like that are really indicators that an environment isn't healthy and people don't feel safe. So I recommend you know, HR leaders get out in the organization, talk to people and, and see see how it feels. Because you really, I do believe you can sense an organization that that doesn't feel healthy, and then you'll start seeing those signs around you of of people with holding themselves back and and uh, and protecting themselves.
0: Sounds great, but how how does a leader do that in a in a remote work situation? Yeah, yeah how, how much more complicated does it get, Melanie? The, the fact so, that
1: for the yeah, last couple yeah, of years it's, kind of it's been online, more intentional, in, in, in the remote environment. But I think many organizations are doing that. So for you know some of the social events that 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 we maybe were doing in person before, they're now being held online. So you can see, you know, for one, are people even coming to these events? Because in an organization where employees aren't connected and they don't feel safe, they're not going to willingly go to these online social events that happened and, and participate. In a healthy organization, the ones that I've seen, you know, employees are active in the chat. They're interacting with each other. So even, our, even though we are in remote environments, there are still ways to see uh, whether employees are, are are participating in the, in the organization beyond on just their day-to-day job
0: now then can, can you briefly run through the, the real tangible impacts of toxic work environments that can maybe diminish innovation collaboration success and planning and productivity and perhaps as part of that you can you can also share how you saw some or all of these show up in, yeah. in work environments during your earlier career
1: Yeah, so innovation really does require a a healthy, a healthy work environment for us to be creative. We need to have the mental space to think outside the box. But if you're in an environment where you don't feel safe, most of your mental energy is going to be focused on protecting your protecting and defending yourself. So there's not as much room for that white space, creative thinking. So it really does benefit an organization that wants to be innovative to ensure they have a work environment uh, that is positive and allows employees to let their minds drift and and feel safe safe. but that also, you know, even if somebody does, uh, is able to come up with an idea in an unhealthy work environment, they're also much less likely to share it. So even if somebody does come up with, with an innovative change to a process or a product, if they're in a workplace where they're afraid that they they might get shamed or the idea is going to be shot down or leaders just aren't going to be receptive to somebody who may, they may think is trying to overshadow them, they're much more likely to keep that great idea inside and not even share it with the, with the organization. So both of those factors will work against um, innovation. I've really seen this actually in a a company that I was part of. Um, The environment was toxic and and they put forward an initiative to uh, upgrade the systems in the organization and put in a new um, ERP, a new resource planning technology, which should have had a great impact on, on streamlining and modernizing the business. But what actually happened is in this company, employees were actually quite fearful of creating change, that nobody wanted to be the one that implemented the change. So they took this new system that they had and actually just implemented all the same processes that they had in the old system because they were too fearful of making a change and having it not go well. So the company spent, you know, a million dollars on a new system. But really, it didn't it didn't end up evolving the, pro, the processes or bringing the company forward, you know, into them into the modern times. So if you don't create a place where people are willing to take risks, um, you, you really are mo- unlikely to benefit from the progress that, that is happening in the world as far as technology being modernized.
0: Melanie, what are some natural insecurities and fears within, within the average team? And, and if they are so natural, why, why do leaders tend to be so blind to them?
1: Yeah. And insecurities really are natural. I mean, we all have something uh, often that we carry forward from our childhood, you know, to say if somebody wasn't good at at math in high school and, and it made them feel, you know, it really damaged their confidence when they come into the workplace you know, you may find somebody like that is really avoidant of doing budgets or looking at any numbers because they have it sort of in their subconscious that, that negative emotions are associated with numbers. So all of us bring in things like that to the work environment. Um, I, I do find that is, it, is an awareness of that requires that a leader be self-aware themselves and being able to acknowledge, you know, the areas of their own insecurity. So if, if a leader isn't able to look at themselves and recognize their own weaknesses, it, it can really make it difficult for them to have empathy towards others and where others may, may feel weak. Uh, so this is why, you know, as leaders, for us to do work on ourselves first uh, to make sure that we, we can have empathy for others because we understand our, our own vulnerabilities as well
0: okay just kind of as a follow-up to that one and i guess the question in short is what else but um i mean you mentioned the the example of uh numbers and running away from 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 numbers if you've had bad experiences in the past my my accountant can can probably uh testify to that in in my case um but but how does insecurity affect team member performance
1: yeah Working, working on teams involves a lot of collaboration. So, and uh, in an insecure environment or a toxic workplace, you will see that people become a bit avoidant of, of social interaction. You know, social interaction can be high risk because we're exposing ourselves. So if you have a workplace where people don't feel safe, they're going to limit uh, the amount that they're interacting, certainly, especially with people outside of their own department, because that is expanding. That is, that is opening yourself up to criticism. Uh, and that's going to be much less likely environment where someone uh feels insecure
0: from what you've seen and what you've written what what are the what are the subtle signs of a company culture that that keeps team members from expressing their diverse ideas or as part of that what what are what are some perceived dangers of, of pushing back
1: uh, when, one of the common ones i 've seen is is when when a leader themselves is is insecure, it can really limit uh, the idea uh, of ideas coming forward and people because they can be fearful that if they put out an idea or um, try to do something new and different that an insecure leader may actually feel that the employee is trying to overshadow them. I've seen that occur uh, quite frequently and several people hold back their ideas because they're afraid that if they do, it may actually limit their, their growth. Uh, if they have a leader who, who is afraid or fearful about their own ability to, to progress in the company, they're going to be reluctant to have people below them who may actually overshadow them.
0: Melanie, you are flying through these answers. But I, for the next one here, I'd, I'd like you to you know, t- take us on a journey, uh, because it's a big question. Uh, yeah, it is as, as, as follows. Well, what are some strategies to reduce workplace uncertainty? Uh, maybe you want to highlight two or three, may- maybe more, but you know, t- take your time on this yeah. one and, and talk us sure. through that.
1: Reducing uncertainty is really a lot about about transparency. So we feel uncertain when we don't know uh, the direction the business is going in, when we don't know what expectations are of us. That can create a lot of uncertainty. And uh, uncertainty is create create sorry. Uncertainty is connected to insecurity. If we're uncertain about our future, that is going to make us make us insecure. Uh, we don't know necessarily where uh, our job is going to go or if if money is going to come in. So having a, a workplace where there's a lot of uncertainty can really uh, be detrimental to the performance of employees because they're going to spend time wondering uh, what's happening rather than focusing on their own job. Uh, and frequently um, when we're uncertain and we're, we feel the need to come up to come up with an explanation that will give us some certainty. We tend to come up with the, with the worst case scenario. Um, I've seen this happen in organizations before where if employees are uncertain of the company's strategy or they feel like information isn't being shared with them, they start imagining, oh, the company's going to get bought out or the company is going to close down or they're going to move our office somewhere else. So it really is important for leaders to ensure that they, they create some certainty so people don't spend their time, for one, wondering what's going on. And then also, you know, worst case scenarioing, uh, what could actually happen, which can create toxicity in an organization in itself if people are coming up with the worst case. So, you know, what I do recommend there is is transparency as much as possible, providing uh, input to the team about what is happening. And, and this really does require over communication. Frequently, leaders, uh, they don't understand that it isn't as clear to their employees uh, as it is to them. Because leaders are going on a journey, let's say for example, coming up with a strategy um, you know hours and hours can be spent into defining a strategy and then you come up with a, a single you know key objective of where the business is going. well if you just go and share that one one objective with employees and don't give them the journey for example of how you came to that being the right direction for the business or what are the things that are going to be required to ultimately achieve that strategic goal, then employees feel a bit in the dark and feel certain about whether the company can actually achieve that strategy, or whether the company uh, considered other strategies before determining that that was the right one. And uh, and people really do spend time thinking about these things. So if we're not highly transparent and communicative, it can result in a lot of wasted time and uncertainty uh, created in an organization.
0: How can leaders bring their team members together in an authentic way? We're speaking about transparency. Let's talk a bit about being authentic too.
1: Yeah, so, so bring, bringing team members together in an authentic way uh, requires the, the leader to be authentic themselves. I have had, you know, over time, many people ask me for tips and tricks about how to be a, a great leader. And, we, you know, we may go and we'll look for books and we'll, we'll look for lists on, on the things that we need to do. But in my experience, what it really comes down to is, is being yourself. Uh, if you find a, a book that tells you how to be a leader, but but operating in that way doesn't align with who you really are, uh, people are going to pick up with that. If you try to use use those tactics, so even though you know we may none of us are perfect, um, no one is the perfect leader. Um, hiding those imperfections and trying to be the perfect leader can actually make it much much more difficult to to for people to feel safe with that leader because they're going to feel like. What they what they're getting from this person actually isn't what what is inside. So for me, you know, making sure that you're authentic, even even if that makes you feel a bit vulnerable because you have some imperfections is one of the best ways to create uh, a strong team and a team that works well together. You know, part of that is um, all of us have weaknesses you know weaknesses has become a bit of a dirty word in the in the corporate world um, I think we're using uh, competency gaps more more frequently but we all do have them and if a leader you know for example let's say a leader is is uh, not a great public speaker but they when they get up in front of their team maybe they'll say you know this isn't this isn't their most comfortable position but they' it's important to connect with the team and and work and and uh, get up and do that bit of public speaking But if they're vulnerable and let people know they're not good at it, then the people on the team will also feel comfortable doing the same themselves and putting up their hand when when there is something that they're not totally comfortable with, because they'll know if their leader is willing to say where they have an area of weakness, then it's okay for them too as well. And uh, that can make a team a lot more successful because, uh, you know, the best way to build a team is to build a team of people where they have different strengths and weaknesses so they can support one another and if people are open about that and willing to ask for help, it will actually result in a better result uh, for the business in general. So being authentic. So how do you bring your team together in an, in an authentic way? Uh, be authentic yourself and, and be who you are. And that will lead to to great results for the business.
0: Awesome. And my final question for you today is how can our connect with you? And of course, how can they get a copy of, of your book, Detox?
1: So I am uh, I have a website, it's melaniepump.com. And then I'm also quite active on LinkedIn. So uh, people can feel free to connect with me there. And my website, uh, sorry, my book is available on uh, on Amazon is the easiest place to get that. Uh, it's Detox, Managing Your Security in the Workplace.
0: Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the HR Chat Show.
1: Thanks so much for having me.